What is going on, everyone? It is your shaman, your sister in spirit, and your friend, Alicia Dunlevy here. And we just got to experience the Virgo full moon. And I really wanted to hop on to talk about some of the messages that I've been channeling um, over the past <laughs> probably several months. But now with this full moon, have really felt activated to share. So today we're going to be talking about um, the process of ensuring that we are not giving away our power to spiritual teachers, spiritual gurus, and um, uh, falling into some kind of spiritual cult culture, okay? As many of us know, because of the internet, a lot of us are getting access to a lot of different ancient and even I would say they're more ancient, but a part of me wanted to say even modern ways to be uh, more spiritual, right? And with that, new newbies, <laughs> new new people, new witches, new etc., can really get lost in the sauce of a lot of these uh, spiritual influencers. This is not something that is new, okay? A lot of us have experienced um, witnessing on the news and maybe even within our own churches or our own denominations, this concept of people really spiritually taking advantage of their communities, of their um, congregations. And I really feel passionate about creating communities that might have a certain spiritual aspect to them, but making sure that they are communities and sit in sacred circle rather than sitting in a certain level of hierarchy, right? Is it nice to have a teacher come by and to give us knowledge maybe that we didn't know? Absolutely. There's a difference between having somebody come and teach us something new. There's something else when somebody comes into, into our lives and kind of asserts a certain level of dominance or presence where they feel that they have something for you um, that maybe you aren't able to, to see for yourself. And I think that this is the difference between a really great spiritual teacher um, and one that might still have certain layers of um, uh, guru mentality. When um, I was studying yoga, right? They talk about certain levels of ascension, which I'm going to be quite frank with you all. I, I don't remember and I can't recall all of the certain levels of enlightenment, right? But there was one level of enlightenment where it was like, you think you know everything and you start teaching <laughs> people. And like, that is one of the most dangerous traps in terms of spirituality is somehow thinking that you are above anything else anyone else that you have something that other people simply don't have when in reality i believe that what we are supposed to be doing as um enlightened beings um is just kind of showing people like oh no 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 you definitely have that it's just tucked back here like you you don't see it that's all right it's like if i have a mole in my neck it's like did you know you had a mole mole on your neck i'm like no because i can't see it my eyes, I can't turn my head that way. I literally don't have that level of um, perspective, 
right? And so as spiritual teachers, as people that are a part of the energy movement, the awakening movement, right? Some people will even go as far to say, oh, no, no, I don't consider myself a guru, but I definitely can um, tell people about themselves, <laughs> <laughs> right which if a lot of you have noticed like the cult the coaching industry right now is doing a lot of that right it's not a lot about asking people questions or sharing story medicine or allowing people to um receive what they can it's a lot about forcing our own thoughts ideas stories perceptions traumas triggers onto other people our own perspectives on other people and while Sometimes that is helpful. I would never come on here and be like, that's not the way, right? Because really there are multitudes of ways to do that. However, but when we think about what it means to be supporting people as they go through their awakening process, there comes a point where we realize that, hmm, am I really equipped to tell you how to live your life? Am I really equipped to tell you how to handle your own activation to yourself? Or are you more equipped to do that, right? Can I trust in the process of it all? And beyond that, realizing that our society right now is really about speed, right? There's something about getting things done immediately and quickly that really gets us off, really gets us going. And the spiritual journey does not necessarily have to be that way. That's why they call it a journey and not a trip, <laughs> right? A trip is from point A to point B. A journey is like an adventure. It just goes on and on and on and on. Like, is there an end to a journey? In my personal experience, no. The other thing that I think is really important, right, when we are working with medical professionals, there are certain laws and rules that must be um, implemented, okay? And one of those things really have a lot to do with ethics. So as a lot of people are awakening, learning these energy healing modalities, learning these ancient techniques for manifestation and things like that, are we also learning the long-term karma reper re repercussions of having this knowledge, right? Heavy is the head that wears, wears the crown. Ultimately, the more enlightened, the more awakened you become, there is more that comes with that, especially when you aren't living in alignment with that. Mainly because as you are awakening, as the light within you starts to awaken, right? If we want to use this, this metaphor, and again, lovingly, don't believe a word I say. <laughs> I, although have been going through my own personal journey of awakening, I am just a human as well. Okay. So everything that I say, it might resonate with you. It might not. Please use your discernment when you're on my channel and when you're listening to um, the messages that are channeled through this embodiment, right? However, with that being said, <laughs> The story that comes through is like, if we can think about what enlightenment means, we can think about how there's light in, enlightened. I I have more light activated within us. This could happen on a cellular level, right? Maybe we are processing more energy than we could before. And what if that energy was a certain level of magnetism, right? So as we are awakening the light within as more truth, as more knowledge, as more magnetism, as more light begins to radiate off of us, we then become a magnet 
for things, for people. And it's interesting because my, the channeling is going in a different direction, right? So, oh, ethically, right. As we become more of a magnet, you're going to notice more people feel kind of drawn to you, right? Kind of like, kind of like bugs to a light, flies to a light. Not saying that those people are flies, right? This is just the imagery that comes to mind. You're shining brighter. Let's use another imagery. Your light within is starting to get brighter and brighter and brighter, like the sun. And what do plants do? Plants will literally start facing the sun because of its magnetism, because of its light, right? And so as we begin to step into our enlightenment, there comes a beautiful opportunity for us to realize that we now become a magnet for things that want to face us, that want to come towards us, that want to follow us. What are the repercussions of that? And who do you want to be with that knowledge? Ethically speaking, what are your ethics? Do no harm. What does harm look like energetically? What are you responsible for versus what are you not responsible for? When does ego say, this is what you need versus spirit says, maybe this is what I can offer you today. You know, this is what I have to give. Is this something that you're interested in receiving? Because what I have found in my journey is that sometimes people see my light. They're attracted to my light. They want to face the warmth of my light, right? But sometimes I, as Alicia, right, am not necessarily at that time equipped to give them what they need. And am I willing to honor that? Or do I get stuck in the enlightenment process of the guru mentality, where I feel like it doesn't matter what comes out of my mouth, everything is everything is fine. Now, for some people, you can ask them that and they will say, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm here to trigger people. I'm here to steer people, you know, away from themselves just to make themselves come back to themselves. And that is a definitely a God perspective. Let's be real right? That's a whole, that's a whole loving perspective. And to that perspective, right? In addition to that perspective, are we trauma informed? Are we spiritually guided? Are we breaking through one of the stickiest parts of enlightenment, which is that guru mentality? I wouldn't be asking you all this question if I didn't ask myself this question on a regular basis. Because to be quite frank and honest with you, I have given my power away to somebody that I thought was more enlightened than me. Somebody that claimed to be more enlightened than me. And what I found out was that person was deceiving me. And they had the power to do that. So again, when we are talking about these spiritual communities, do we know just because they have a light shining and a magnetism about it, does that mean that we just follow them? How do we as people activate our own discernment? And how do we remember that the real guru, the real God, the real kingdom of heaven lies within us? 
How do we begin to lean into that self-trust, into that knowing? What are the practices that support that? And again, I don't have all of the answers. Mainly because in my journey, that has gone back and forth, right? Sometimes I'm focusing on reading spiritual books. Sometimes I'm working on mantras and prayers and affirmations. Sometimes I'm eating very clean. Sometimes I'm in celebration and in ceremony. Sometimes I'm in active rest and hibernation. Sometimes I'm in silence. Sometimes, 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 sometimes I'm seeking counsel from those that I trust. Some like it, there is such an artwork, there is such an intricacy to being in tune and to surrendering to the eternal Christ consciousness, um, creator, creatrix, inner divine, like, you know, all of the words that describe it. There is such an intricacy to it that really, really fascinates me. And I have to be completely honest with you, for those who are going through their enlightenment process, there is still ego. Ego's job is to protect us. If you do not have ego, then you're dead. That's the only time that we can escape ego. Ego is a part of the hardware of the human body, right? So when we decide to give our power away to these spiritual leaders and teachers, what we are saying is, I'm not going to see any of your shadows. I'm not going to stand in truth, which is you probably are just simply a channel for spirit to speak through. And you're a damn good one, but that's really where it ends. Sometimes we want it to be more. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm so grateful as, as a shaman, as a spiritual practitioner, right? I am so grateful that I am learning how to master energy to for the greatest and highest good. But when my ego is activated, then who is manipulating the energy? Is it the God, the Christ within me, or is it me? <laughs> the girl who lost her mother, the girl who um, lives on a 3D planet where there is hatred and racism and sexism and torture and pain, you know? And where do we find the balance of that? Where do we admit, where, where can we become more humble in the fact that I am both? I am a clear and perfect channel for Christ, for God to do their work through me. I'm lovable enough for that. I want to do that. I'm a servant to that. And I'm only human after all. You know? How do we get to cultivate this concept of truly being able to sit in circle? For all those that watch, um, I'm never a step ahead of you. I'm just, I'm just one step beside you. <laughs> you know, that's how I want to be seen. Because I am not perfect. 
and I want to release that that need uh, for perfection. There is a part of me that um, is totally okay to sit in sacred circle with you. I totally trust my relationship with with the creator to do that. I totally trusted myself to channel some miracles. I am a miracle. <laughs> I've participated in many. Absolutely. And that is not all of me. There's one thing that I say in my classes. They're like, you feel like joy. You feel like comfort. You feel like all of these things. And I said, and the amount of that that I feel I also feel the equal amount in the opposite direction because that is duality, that is truth, and that is oneness. I would not be whole without also sharing with you that like as joyful and, and calming as I feel, I have been and I do experience the extreme of the opposite, whatever that might be. I'm not above that. But, and... I am willing to not sit in that for too long. You know what I mean? And I and I wonder um how many people really get to to hear that, right? It's not that I don't experience anger or it's not that um I don't experience sadness, but do I allow myself to sit in it as long as I did before? And my answer is no because I'm learning how to surrender and to create and to creator energy. I am learning how to surrender into Christ. I am learning how to surrender that like I can come back into the present moment and that the present moment shifts as I do and that that's safe and that that's okay. I don't have to hold on to anger equally as much as I don't have to hold on to joy. And like this keeps wanting to unravel, right? Because when I want to hold on to joy too much, that I'm creating a resistance to the in, in the opposite direction, which then I feel like when I pull myself too far into one direction, when it's time to swing back, I'm going to go equal in the opposite direction. But when I can just allow myself to experience joy and not try to hold on to it and just let it gracefully swing back in the opposite direction, then what I truly get at that point is peace, acceptance, freedom freedom from all of it, from needing any of it, or and or freedom from avoiding the opposite of it. Mm. So there are a lot of messages in this channeled message, and for that I'm so grateful. I hope that something's resonated with you. If I were to wrap it up with a bow, what am I, what's the message? The message is don't give away your power to people that that are um have activated a couple of light codes in their in their body. You can do that too. And experiencing it within yourself is so much sweeter than experiencing somebody else do it. And that doesn't mean not getting the support, right? It just means not relying and giving your power over to somebody else. The second part is when you do unlock those um, light codes within you and you find people wanting your light. First of all, it is not your responsibility to take on other people's karma. That is a whole thing. Secondly, guru mentality is a dangerous 
uh, level of enlightenment to get caught in because it's not the truth. A part of me wanted to say, lastly, <laughs> lastly, nobody is perfect. And so if you find yourself in the guru, trapped inside of the guru enlightenment, just push forward, you know? It's the awareness of it that really helps us. I'm not above that either. I'm not above getting caught up in that maybe I'm better, right? Because that is the society that we're in. We live in a very competitive society. So it's easy to get trapped. But that is ego. That is dogma. And I believe fully that once we become aware of it, we can transcend it through the support of heaven, through the support of God, Christ, creator, higher power, whatever it is that you want to call it. And that feels like that's the message. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for rocking with me. I'm believing in you. I'm hugging you. You got this. And um, remember, there is no right or wrong way. Remember, don't listen to a single word that I say. Because <laughs> I'm only human after all. But, and, yeah. This is Alicia Dunleavy, your shaman, your sister in spirit, and your friend. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.